Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. from you 347-838-9815 is the number to call you want to talk wrestling here is the place to do it so give us a call we want to know what you think check us out over there on facebook facebook.com slash the ken reedy show we got a show chat going on there right now each and every monday night we have a raw chat chat up there on the facebook page we got twitter our handle on twitter is at the ken reedy show you can follow us there if you'd like and as always, thekenreedyshow.com is our website. Updated information. we got a mess of blogs up there. So uh, go check out thekenreedyshow.com. we got some news for you. Just let you guys know, and I, I kind of hit upon this uh, a few weeks ago. Just kind of touched on it a bit. But uh, in, in August, uh, I also, aside from being a wrestling fanatic, I also do a little music. We have a band. The uh, name of the band is uh, SRO, Standing Room Only. And, and uh, we're fortunate enough to get booked at a concert uh, in Colorado uh, in August. Actually, it's it's August 6th, 17th. Uh, we're out there in Colorado. And uh, it's this big anti-bullying concert, which is really cool to be a part of this cause. Uh, if you want more information on the cause, check out uh, Stand Up, Speak Out. Uh, is the name of the cause. We also have uh, stuff up on our website if you want more information about the cause. Or if you're you're listening to us right now out in Colorado or you're near Colorado and want to go to the show, uh, check out our website. we got information there. But uh, we got booked on that show. Uh, Vertical Horizon is uh, the headliner. So we're really excited to be a, a part of the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. But because of this, uh, going into August, uh, we have a lot of commitments. Um, we actually, it's amazing, but we're doing a, press stuff and uh obviously getting as many rehearsals in as we can so uh and just to kind of get our head straight and uh you know focused and uh 
we're going to be taking uh, the month of August off uh, from this show. So I'm going to miss you guys. Going to miss talking wrestling, but uh, we're going to take the month of August off. Uh, I'm going to be talking with uh, Dave, and we're going to come up and our producer. And we're going to come up with uh, some new segments, some new ideas. We're going to kind of revitalize the show as well. So aside from you know, doing stuff for the music. We are going to be meeting about the show and, and coming up with some new ideas. So once we get back in September, uh, we'll hit the ground running and, and bring you the best in pro wrestling talk as only we can. So let's get it in while we can. Let's enjoy it while it's here. We'll be off for the month of August. So, you know, that's that's the way it is. We'll miss you guys. But, again, we're going to come back with a bigger and better show come September. So uh, thank you guys for your support. You want to talk wrestling, give us a call, 347-838-9815. On the line, as always, my tag team partner, Dave, is on the line. Dave, how are you doing tonight? I am doing absolutely wonderful. How about you, Ken? Doing all right. You know, can I tell you something? And this is this is funny. I, I think I've been doing this show maybe a little too long because I had the weirdest dream last night. And oh, I'm... Having this dream where I wake up in the dream, I wake up and I go outside, and somehow my entire backyard is underwater. Somehow, over the course of the night, my whole backyard is underwater. And we have a pool in the backyard and this little kind of bar area. All of that is completely underwater. And I'm in a panic as I can't believe, like, I mean, what the hell happened? Why is like there a lake where my backyard used to be? I somehow like the next day I wake up, this is all happening in my dream. The water is gone. There's some damage to my deck. And after all this is done, for some reason, Bob Arian is in my backyard. <laughs> and and this, this incredible supernatural event of my backyard just being completely covered in water Bob Arian is lecturing me on what type of filter I should be using on my pool. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what to say, but then again, knowing Bob, it makes a lot of sense that you would have this dream. That would, that would be something I would see him doing. I was waiting for you to say that, like, maybe, like, he came in from, like, a helicopter and, like, rescued you and, you know, <laughs> and, and, and saved you from, from, you know, almost being submerged underwater. But, uh, that's, no, no, uh, no, that. It's just giving me lectures. And he had filters with him. He had, like, five filters with him, and he was telling me which ones I should I should attach to the pool. So, I Bob go probably, to, I don't Bob know. probably used to sell hot tubs and, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and pools in another lifetime. Maybe it's good we'll be taking a month off. Just <laughs> Bob Arian is into my subconscious psyche. So, yeah, and I don't. I'd be curious to know if Bob has ever worked with uh, pool filters. But uh, go figure. So we're here to talk wrestling tonight. You know, right before we we got on the air, uh, we did have some breaking news. And as much as we love talking the opinions and and uh, going over matches and predictions and all that stuff, we also do our best here to to bring you the news when it comes out. So. Uh, Dave, interesting bit of news uh, breaking right before we went on the air. Yeah. Um, last week, WWE officials, the president of uh, live events, and uh, John Sabor 
visited the uh, Dallas Cowboys Stadium in Arlington, Texas, um, and met with um, the mayor of Dallas and the mayor of Arlington, Texas, to discuss possibly bringing WrestleMania in either 2015 or 2016 to the enormous uh, brand-new Cowboys Stadium facility. Um, the, the Pro Wrestling Spotlight on Facebook uh, posted this just a few minutes ago, and they posted a picture of this gigantic jumbotron that you, that you see. For you football fans out there who have seen a Cowboys game on TV, they have this enormous jumbotron that goes from, you know, one length of, you know, the 20-yard line to the other side of the field where the 20-yard line is. And there's a picture that says, Cowboys Stadium welcomes John Sabor and a picture of The Rock and John Cena in that on the video screen. So they're making a really hard sales pitch to get WWE to bring WrestleMania to uh, the enormous Cowboys Stadium, which for football games, I believe, seats just a little over 100,000 people. So... Uh, that's some. I mean, we've, you know, I mentioned it last week, uh, you know, on the Facebook page, but San Francisco and their new stadium has been talked about for a future WrestleMania in 2015 or 2016. The, the Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia is another uh, candidate as well. So, um, you know, three three big cities, three big markets, um, and you know, Philadelphia. Of course, they were just they just had money in the bank, and they have, uh, you know, they. You know, the roots of ECW were there and the rabid Philadelphia fans. And San Francisco was a big territory at one time in wrestling. Um, a lot of names like Pat Patterson, Roddy Piper, the Mayavia family uh, worked there. And, of course, Dallas, Dallas, the home of the Von Ericks and the Freebirds. So um, three big wrestling markets from back in the territory days, you know, wanting a WrestleMania in their city. Um, it's, 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 it's some great news and certainly all three cities I would definitely travel to, to see a WrestleMania, especially, um, Dallas and, uh, and San Francisco, two cities I've never been to before. And I hear nothing but good things about them. So, but that's, that's some pretty cool news. Yeah. Damn you, Jerry Jones. Damn you. I was really excited because as most people who listen to the show know, I'm a big 49er fan and it's, uh, it's not easy to get 49er tickets. So, uh, have not made it a point to get out to San Francisco and, and see a game, and I probably wouldn't see a game at the new stadium, although I'd, I'd love to. So I was pretty psyched when I heard that WrestleMania was going to be at uh, the 49ers' new stadium. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think either stadium. I mean, you're right. I've been to Dallas, but we just kind of we passed through. Uh, actually, after WrestleMania 25, we road trip 25, so we kind of went through Dallas. Um, but it would be interesting to go there, and that that stadium is is really amazing. So it would be uh, be really cool to to go to WrestleMania at Dallas. So either stadium. I mean, seeing a lot of the virtual pictures of the stadium in San Francisco, it looks like it's going to be an incredible stadium. Dallas, we know it's an incredible stadium. So uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But it, you know, Dave, it's interesting how you know WrestleMania has evolved, and now you know it's almost you know when you look at even the major sports. In in America, and you look at you know baseball and and hockey and basketball, you know it's wrestling and WrestleMania has become almost second to the Super Bowl, and it has that that feeling. And you have cities bidding on it, and you know years in advance, you're, you're getting the the release of of what city's going to get uh, the WrestleMania. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible to see how huge. 
this event has become. And the amazing thing is it doesn't seem to be slowing down. I mean, it's gotten enormous, and it just seems to be getting bigger and bigger as the years go on. Absolutely. I mean, when I growing up, it was, you know, I never heard stories of cities that had bid on it. Um, you know, even when it was in some certain stadiums like um, Safeco Field in Seattle at WrestleMania 19 or, you know, uh, the, the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis for WrestleMania 8, the Pontiac Silverdome. Like, the, you know, Vince was the one that chose to run the Pontiac Silverdome, and they all thought he was crazy that he was going to try and pack it. And he ended up beating the Pope's record uh, with uh, headlining with Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant back in 1987. I think he also beat the Rolling Stones, too, um, if I'm not mistaken. So he shattered two records um, by, like, 17,000 people in that stadium. However, um, as the years have evolved, you know, growing up, it would just be, you know, held in a random arena in, like, a big market, you know, the exception of WrestleMania 11 held in, you know, my hometown of Hartford, Connecticut, which is not a big market. Um, they were they were held, you know, the Garden, Madison Square Garden, or, you know, Los Angeles, California, Chicago, and, and smaller, you know, 15,000-seat arenas. But as it's gotten bigger... More people want to go in the stadiums, and, you know, it's it's the way to go. It makes WrestleMania, looking back on it, especially going to, you know, five WrestleManias being in, like, football stadiums, I couldn't imagine as a younger kid going to a WrestleMania inside an arena because being in a stadium just makes the show seem bigger than life. It's like the Super Bowl. You know, you said it's even second to the Super Bowl. You know, it's, it's up there with the Olympics with cities that bid to have the, you know, the Olympic Games and, it's just, it's crazy, you know, in the the 30 years I've been on this earth, how, you know, and, and 27 of them have been dedicated to professional <laughs> wrestling, how it's just how it's evolved and gone from being, you know, a, 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 a small show but a big deal in a, in a big, in a small arena to now it's in, you know, 70, 80,000, you know, seat stadiums and people from all over the world, I mean, I never realized the magnitude of it um, until I went to Detroit at WrestleMania 23, and I sat 10 rows behind the announcer's table, and I sat with people from Germany, people from Australia, people from China, locals from Detroit. I mean, I had, like, a broad spectrum and a geography lesson while I was watching a wrestling match with the people. It's just it's crazy how many people travel all over the world for it, and even people in this own country, too, you know. You – you you and, you know, our producer, Michelle, met my brothers in Phoenix at WrestleMania, and look what's come of it. You know, people meet people from all over the country and, and, and obtain friendships with each other, and then they plan to be together for the following year's WrestleMania. It really is like a big, like, celebration of, like, professional wrestling and just overall a damn good time. And, you know, having it in bigger stadiums helps that with, you know, relationships amongst people and, and, and friendships and stuff like that. It's just super, it's just awesome. I think it's so cool. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's almost like, you know, for wrestling fans, and as you, you go to a couple, um, you know, and you meet people, it winds up being almost like it's a big family reunion. Uh, you know, when you when you get there, that that's, you know, this huge stadium is holding this family reunion, and it's amazing. And even people... You, you don't actually meet. Like, so as you go to a WrestleMania game, it's like, oh, that guy looks familiar. I definitely, I, I saw him here last year. And uh, it's it's pretty incredible because, you know, when you think about it, I mean, growing up in the 80s, and, you know, I'm a little older than Dave, and, uh, you know, watching how, you know, wrestling exploded in the 80s. And, and it's interesting because 
I do think that going back to that time period when it exploded, with Cindy Lauper involved and uh, in, in helping put wrestling on the map, and again, really should be in the celebrity quote wing of the Hall of Fame. Uh, she had as much to do of, uh, with the explosion in the '80s for wrestling as anybody. Um, but it's interesting when you go back, like Hulk Hogan, the way wrestling blew up. There was not anybody on the planet that didn't know who Hulk Hogan was. Uh, I don't know if we've ever had. Maybe Stone Cold came close, but it's it's. I don't know if we ever had a wrestler that really kind of had that that crossover appeal that Hogan was able to have, and and you know it really blew up in the mainstream. I, I don't feel like wrestling has that mainstream appeal as much as it did in the '80s, but it's so much bigger. That's what's so unusual about how things have evolved over time. It's just, you know, they've created just that wrestling has created their, their own niche fan base, but it's an enormous fan base and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I think a lot of wrestling fans become more passionate wrestling fans because they're defending being wrestling fans to non-wrestling fans. Um, but it's just amazing to see how it's grown. I remember when WrestleMania one happened, uh, you know, none of us, thought that like, you know, we just thought, hey, it's WrestleMania. We didn't think that there'd be a WrestleMania 2 or a WrestleMania 30 for that matter. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see how it all evolves. And now it's like just this this huge, big love fest every year amongst wrestling fans. And you're right. I mean, the first year I went, uh, I went to 10 and 10 was at the Garden. So the, the, the difference between going to WrestleMania 10 and then going to 25 and then everyone since then it's it's amazing what the difference is. And, you know, going to 25, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, like you're saying, I remember sitting and talking with some guys from Scotland who are very passionate wrestling fans. I think they're very passionate about everything. But uh, talking to some guys from New Zealand, uh, met a couple of people from North Dakota. It, it's just an amazing event. And now we're looking at, uh, you know, two stadiums that are high-level uh, exciting locations to be in, whether it's San Francisco or Dallas. Uh, you know, we're looking forward to, uh, you know, we got, th- we're already looking, we, we thought we were talking too early about WrestleMania 30. And now with the breaking news, we wind up starting off tonight's show with uh, talking about past WrestleMania 30. So it's, it's pretty amazing what's going on. And, uh, you know, either stadium will be really exciting to, uh, get to go to three, four, seven, eight, three, eight, nine, eight, one, five is the number to call talk wrestling away. And a little later on, we're going to have Chris Shady Lamberton from uh, NEFW. He's getting ready for his match at Cruel Summer 3. Uh, and he's very interesting matchup. Uh, I think he's got his career on the line. So he's going to be giving us uh, some insight on what it's like to uh, potentially to be giving up his wrestling career. And we're going to be talking with him a little later on in the show. But uh, for now, you know, we thought it was a big-time event. Lots of storylines are starting and stopping, and, uh, you know, we talked on Sunday. It is one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year. Some may say it, it might be three, if not two, to WrestleMania. Um, Money in the Bank happened Sunday. Dave, what would you think of the pay-per-view this past Sunday? I thought it was a great pay-per-view. Overall, um, the Money in the Bank ladder matches delivered. Um, I liked the, uh, the, the Dolph Ziggler-Alberto Del Rio match. Um, the audience was hot. The pre-show match was great. The only complaint I had was that they took two commercial breaks during the pre-show. And what was cool about it was is that I've never watched any of these pre-show matches that they had before, and 
they've uh, they've you know they've done them all on like YouTube or the WWE app or one of the other social media websites. But this is the first time that they've ever done the pre-show live on the pay-per-view channel. Because normally when you order a WWE pay-per-view, there's like a pre-recorded in-studio pre-show of you know hyping up the matches that are coming up. But this was, you know, live, and I thought that this was pretty cool and something that, you know, made the event a lot bigger. And, of course, the audience in Philadelphia helped with that, too, as well. It was a great crowd. Um, you know, I liked it. You know, like, it's both Money in the Bank ladder matches delivered. I was wrong on both of my picks. Um, but, you know, I did make mention on Tuesday that there could be a case for Damian Sandow winning the Money in the Bank because he had a pretty solid run with Sheamus. And uh, so um, – you know, I was, uh, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the pay-per-view. I, I really did. I'll be honest with you, you know, I, I was tired from that from that entire day. I fell asleep during the John Cena-Mark Henry match. I'm not going to lie. And it wasn't because it wasn't good. I was just tired. I ended up watching it yesterday, and I, I liked the match itself. But, uh, you know, wasn't a stinker on the card. Overall, it was a good pay-per-view, solid wrestling action. You know, the, the first Money in the Bank ladder match, the World Championship match, I told you at the end of Sunday's show how I was pumped for that match. It exceeded my expectations. Some very cool new innovative spots, some newer talent. You know, you saw a guy like Cody Rhodes really break out into his own. Um, you know, there, there were moments where I thought he was going to win that because he was so on fire. The crowd was so behind him. Um, overall, good show. And that's really all I got to say. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I thought, you know, every match delivered. I, I mean, every match to me, it was was good to great. Uh, They're all entertaining. Um, you know, I I, I, uh, I thought both Money in the Bank ladder matches definitely delivered. Uh, I'm really curious. I mean, we talked. Uh, you know, I went. I mean, you won the overall. Uh, I guess we split on pay per view picks. Like our, we had two differences, and because uh, you got one right and I got one right, but you uh, had the right pick on the kickoff, so you won the overall as far as the the picks go. Um, but uh, Damian Sandow, definitely an interesting choice. Uh, we did discuss on Sunday, and both of us, I think we were in agreement that there was going to be some sort of rift uh, between him and Cody Rhodes. Uh, we thought the rift would occur at some other point in the match. Uh, but as it turns out, it, it took place at going for the briefcase. And uh, it looks like we could have a very interesting feud with uh, Cody and uh, Sandow, I, I like what I'm seeing. Obviously, we're, we're going to look at Cody is going to be the face, and Sandow is going to be the heel. But uh, uh, interesting end. I did. I didn't see it coming. Uh, interesting. You know, they they've played it off for a while with these two as as being the best of friends. Uh, even when they were trying to split them up as a tag team, we're going to remain the best of friends, but we're just going uh, in different directions as as single competitors and. Uh, you know, I just thought it was a, a really cool, you know, moment. It was a cool turn. I, I, you know, we'll see how it all plays itself out. I personally, and it was, you know, our pick. Uh, I would have liked to have seen uh, Wade Barrett because um, I, I feel for him. I still feel for him with the, the injury. They kind of shelved him for a while. Uh, you know, I, I really want to see him kind of take that next step. Uh, it would have been interesting to see uh, what he would have done with that, but. Uh, I can't complain. It, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, Sandow's one of those guys that when you look at the future and you look at uh, guys that have a bright future and guys that, uh, you know, when we're talking five, ten years down the road, you, you think that he's one of the guys that at least got to be maybe written in pencil at this point, but uh, definitely got a, a 
you know, chance of being a, a big time player uh, in the future of this company. So this is uh, his first test. His first, uh, you know, they're giving him the ball. Let's see what he does with it. Uh, you know, he has not won a title yet in the WWE. So now he's money in the bank. He's going after one of the big ones. Uh, I'm really curious to see how Damian Sandow handles being Mr. Money in the Bank, how this whole thing unfolds. But uh, there's no denying this guy is very talented, Dave. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, his his vocabulary and his microphone skills are, you know, I I I have a I have a hard time not hating the guy because, you know, being an older wrestling fan and, you know, doing this show and analyzing characters and storylines, when he comes out, I sometimes I'll, I'll LMAO laugh my ass off because the, some of the things he says to the guys on, you know, in the audience and, you know, for the most part, he has the majority of the audience against him. You know, he's got a look about him that's just not likable and the stuff that he says, and he's, you know, he thinks he's better than everybody because he's smarter and more educated and, you know, but there are some smart Mark wrestling fans out there that will cheer him on, you know, with some of the things he says, but for the most part, he's got a majority of the, the, the large majority of the audience um, hating him. But um, I'm, I really don't know what they're going to, I mean, I guess it's a good thing, but I really don't know where they're going to go with him holding this briefcase, like how long he's going to hold it. I mean, that's the beauty of it with, with when someone wins a money in the bank briefcase for a contract at a world title, you don't know what's going to happen, but you know, you can kind of figure out in some cases, but like, I really don't know how, you know, what's going to precede that in the, in the coming months. I know he's got something going on with Cody Rhodes and that will probably take place at SummerSlam. I've heard a rumor that they're talking about, having him defend the briefcase against Cody Rhodes in a match at SummerSlam, which isn't a bad idea. Um, a lot of people frown on that, but I think the briefcase is just as important, if not more important, than a title. Um, and we talked about, you know, the Dolph Ziggler chase with the Money in the Bank briefcase, but I'm I'm really optimistic and curious as to how he's going to get to that point. You know, are we going to see some character, some changes in his character, um, are we going to see more a more aggressive Damian Sandow? Are we going to see him working with more, you know, main event level talent on a consistent basis like he did with Sheamus? Like, you know, will we see him working with a Randy Orton or, you know, a Daniel Bryan or a Kane or, you know, even a John Cena at some point? Are we going to see him, you know, built, get built up? Because, I mean, he's had a decent role on TV since he debuted last year, but for the most part, he hasn't really done anything, you know, significant with the exception of, last month with Sheamus. So now is a true test to see if, you know, his character is going to stick and if it's going to be, you know, if he can be in the main event working with some of the top guys. Um, and that's what I'm looking forward to the most, seeing the, the evolution of uh, Damian Sandow, you know, upon cashing in his Money in the Bank contract. Yeah, I mean, what I love about him, and we've talked about this, you know, in, in wrestling, a lot of times, you know, especially in recent years, uh, a lot of heels, you know, they, they they wind up being too too cool for the room. You know, they're cool heels. They dress nice. They look good. They're witty. And, uh, you know, eventually, like, those heels are, are, are you know, they're going to start to get cheers because they're, they're kind of the type of people you, you want to be like. Um, they're guys that you can look up to. Uh, Sandow is, is cut from that cloth. He's a true heel. He's definitely a true heel. He's he's, he's kind of a throwback, if you will. Um as far as the, the heel department, there's there's really nothing likable 
uh, about the guy. And, and like you're saying, I mean, it's we all know it's scripted now and it's sports entertainment. And, uh, you know, but if you buy into the storyline and, and the plot and, and kind of immerse yourself and enjoy it for that, uh, there's no way in hell you should ever be cheering for this guy. I mean, he's just a jerk. He's, a, you know, he's that guy that you would absolutely, you know, I mean, put it in context of like your office or going back in in high school or something. Like he's that guy that, you know, he's a snob. He's he over intellectualizes everything. But as luck would have it, he also could physically back it up. I mean, you would you would absolutely hate that man if he existed in real life somewhere in in your reality. And and he plays that part so well. And, uh, you know, instantaneously when you have a split like that and he screws over his best friend, I mean, Cody's stock is going to go through the roof now. I mean, this guy is going to be a real popular baby face. And, uh, you know, I'm interested to see, you know, do they put – and I, I kind of along the, that uh, that mindset. I, I'm not a big fan of putting the uh, money in the bank briefcase on the line. I'm, I don't like it. I just think, you know, you win it, you keep it. I get it, and I get, you know, might add drama especially these two going at it. But uh, I'm not the biggest fan of putting the briefcase on the line. But I am looking forward to what we're going to see out of Cody and uh, Sandow in the upcoming weeks. I'm sure we're going to see them, if not at SummerSlam, we're going to see them in the ring together on, on more than one occasion. But a uh, really cool matchup. Uh, liked it. You know, I thought everyone kind of pulled their weight. It was a good match. And, uh, you know, it's interesting as we talk about a throwback kind of heel um, and we'd love to hear from you once we get out to the phone calls. What are some of your favorite heel turns? Um, it was it was a, another one of those, like, you know, we don't get a lot of those definitive turns uh, in recent memory. And this was kind of a throwback turn where you had a, uh, you know, a, a two friends and one definitively turned on the other. So uh, cool stuff in that match. And Sandow is your world championship, Mr. Money in the Bank. We also had a all-star money in the bank uh where i got i nailed this one and i I, if you listen to sunday's show i was going back and forth on this pick you know my head was telling me rob van dam my gut was telling me randy orton i kept going back and forth but i stuck with randy orton randy orton mr money in the bank uh you know i think this is something that he sorely needs uh for character reasons i think it gives uh Randy Orton, New Life, and uh, another very entertaining matchup. But, uh, you know, as much as, you know, Dave, I mean, you you picked RVD, but uh, are you mad at the the choice that uh, Orton walked away with it? No, not at all. Um, I, 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 you know, when it happened, I said to myself, okay, this, whether he successfully cashes in or not, I think that this is their their way of it's a foreshadowing that he's going to turn heel and the long awaited, you know, turn from good guy to bad guy that that fans have been wanting to see for over a year now, for maybe even a couple of years with Randy Orton because he is better as a bad guy than a good guy. And, you know, we can we could talk about that in another time, you know, maybe on Sunday's show of what could happen with, you know, his cash in. But I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. Um you know, I thought Daniel Bryan was too obvious going in to winning it because he's been so on fire. But at the same time, um, 
you know, RVD as well. He was just coming back. Mr. Trivia made a great point Tuesday, or I'm sorry, Sunday, about, you know, the comparisons with The Rock coming back and, you know, RVD. Um, but the one thing that was interesting, and I said it on Sunday's show, too, about that match, you know, I couldn't wait to hear the place explode. And RVD got a pretty good pop. But, you know, and him being, you know, locally known in Philadelphia, getting his, you know, his, uh, you know, his start in, in, in ECW, but Daniel Bryan, he, when his music came, like, the entire place erupted, and it was just all, like, a yes chant, like, in unison. And then, like, throughout the course of the match, it was, like, RVD chants and then yes chants, but they were get, each one was getting louder and louder. It was like the fans were trying to, you know, top each other with these chants, and I just thought that was, like, the cool dynamic of the match. There was great action in it. You know, I thought when Sheamus, you know, fell off into the ladder, I thought that was a cool spot. When Orton RKO'd Van Dam in midair off the ladder, that was pretty cool. Um, but Orton winning it, you know, the crowd didn't really care for it too much. But I think at the same time they, they know something good's going to come out of it with Randy Orton. And uh, especially last night if you watched um, his interview segment with John Cena, he said that he wasn't going to squander this opportunity, that he was going to, you know, when it happens, nobody's going to see it coming. Um, you know, it could either – He's telling the truth, or we could see him unsuccessfully cash in the money in the bank and be in the same boat that John Cena is, being the only two guys to not win their championship from a successful money in the bank cash in. Um, but it's it's interesting, and it makes Randy Orton important again because he just felt like a part of the show for for over a year, um, and now he's in the big picture, and they got some faith and trust in him again, even though he's got two strikes in the wellness policy, and. I'm, I'm looking forward. I've always been a Randy Orton fan. I've always stuck with him through the good and the bad. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what this next run, him, with him being at the top, is gonna is gonna take place. Yeah, I mean it, it's funny sometimes. Uh, you know, wrestling fans they're they're a fickle lot. They are a fickle lot. But when you look at Randy Orton, I, I mean, geez, I, look, the writing for him has not been great, and maybe part of it is the the wellness issue and, you know, they wanted to keep him away from significant storylines just in case. So, you know, again, it's like differentiating between the performer and the writing, you know, like don't, don't hate on a guy because the writing is, is poor for him. And man, I mean, look at Randy Orton. I mean, anyone who hates on this guy, I mean, he's like, what is he, like six, four. He looks like he's chiseled out of granite. The guy can go. He, I mean, for a guy his size, he's incredibly athletic. You know, I get it, like, as a face and the, being a face and being the viper. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of incongruous, and, 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 and I get that, that it, 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 you know, sometimes that just doesn't gel. Uh, but, I, I mean, and, and he's, he's okay on the mic. He's not incredible on the mic. But, you know, the, the physicality this guy brings to the ring, I mean, I'll tell you something. Every time, and people may get caught up with the, like, oh, same old thing or same move. I'm sorry. Every time he pulls off that body, that power slam, and he's done it on guys of various sizes, the speed in which he pulls that off, the aggressiveness and the impact, it always kind of gets me to pop a little bit. Like, I just think he's just an incredible athlete, a guy that grew up in this business, who gets the business. Um you know, I, I just I've always liked what Randy Orton brings to the table. I don't understand when people hate on a guy that just I mean, he's oozing with talent. 
Um, so, you know, now with this win, he, he gets back into that, that spot of relevancy. Um, it was interesting. I mean, Daniel Bryan is so incredibly over, it's ridiculous. I mean, I think a lot of us thought that, you know, Daniel Bryan's pop and cheers would be up there, but RVD would definitely be uh, the hometown favorite. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you want to debate it, I, I, you know, Daniel Bryan, the crowd was hot for Daniel Bryan. So it's it's interesting to see the crowd reaction, but I'm, I'm excited to see where they're going to go now with Randy Orton. What do they do here uh, with him? And, and I was glad. I mean, I, I said I didn't want to see Daniel Bryan win. I kind of – it was too obvious. Uh, it was the obvious pick. You know, I mean, everyone wanted to see him win. I mean, there were memes all over the place with just Daniel Bryan in the briefcase and make it happen and we got to see this Sunday and all this other crap. I mean, I was glad. It kind of – Gave a bit of a twist. I think it's really good for Randy Orton's character, and uh, I'm really curious to see where they're going to go with it. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We're still waiting for Shady to give us a buzz. So as we're waiting for Shady, why don't we go out to the calls because we got Tony on the line. Tony, are you there? Allow me to beg your indulgence for a few moments. <laughs> How you doing, I man? I had Mr. Money in the Bank, and I totally didn't see him winning it. <laughs> but I'm... I gotta say, you know, like I said, I I did watch the show. I thought it was I thought it was a lot of uh, a lot of fun. The two month the, the two uh, ladder matches were outstanding. You know, Damien Sandow winning did really did, did kind of surprise me. But you know, I mean, I had a feeling that regardless that we're going to go with a uh, Road Scholars breakup, and uh, they kind of yeah, they cemented that last night after uh, you know after Sandow's match with them, which. <laughs> The other thing I don't get is, you know, like, why have, you know, like, they have Sandow win the money in the bank, and then he loses the, the next night. I mean, nothing against Christian, but it's, it was just like, you know, it was like, huh? It, you know, like, Christian rolled him up, like, what? It was like, that's it? <laughs> you know, it was kind of, it, it, it was kind of weird, you know, just, you know, it's like, I don't, because sometimes, you know, it's like, I know WWE events, and sometimes they got, they do the whole tear the guy down to build him up bit, but it's just, you know. Can I, I comment on that for a second? Yeah, go ahead. What about it, Dave? I can understand only why you would feel that way and why a lot of wrestling fans would feel that way. There's been in years past, there have been guys who have won the Money in the Bank contract, and then they were not really seen from too much. They kind of disappear, not on television a whole lot, or not really doing a whole lot of anything meaningful on television. But they have that ready-made gimmick in their hand. Now, Let's just pretend that this is real, that wrestling is real. And let's say, Tony, you were to win the money in the bank, okay? You just beat seven or eight guys in a grueling ladder match. You're busted up. You're beat up. You're banged up. But now you have the opportunity to cash in that briefcase at any time you please for up to one year. These guys, let's just say, you would want to take a break a little bit. You would want to step back and be like, you know what? I can have that world title at any time. I don't need to be on TV this week. I don't need to wrestle this guy. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that. I, I, I would hope that, like, I mean, that's how I look at it and when I think of it. When they, when some of these Money in the Bank winners aren't there, like I mean, like last year, Dolph said he was going to cash in at WrestleMania, but he didn't. He cashed in the following night. He would change his mind. He's a heel. He's a liar. You know what I mean? Like you're supposed to, you're supposed to hate what he says and does. At least that's at the time. You know what I mean? The point I'm getting at here is that like, I wish the company would acknowledge in some way that like, 
when these Money in the Bank guys really don't do anything afterwards, you know, and they kind of disappear or do something, like, meaningful, you know, some people might forget that they're the Money in the Bank winner. But losing a match, it's like, okay, I lost that match, big deal. But guess what? I got a contract that says I can fight for the world title anytime I want for up to a year. So I'll just rest myself for that and not do too much over here this week. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I see what you're talking about from like if it was real point of view. But you know, I guess it's just kind of comes to you know, like I've. I guess you know, since I know it's not, you know, it's like you know, I just look at it as like to just making the guy look, you know, making the guy look weak. But I, but I, I, I get what you're saying there. I mean, it's yeah. interesting. I mean, it's a good point, Dave. And like you're saying, if it was real, I mean, you could you could solve that also with you know a couple of well placed vignettes. I mean, you could even have a guy, especially a guy like Sandow that's so arrogant. Uh, you know, if you're going to kind of pull back a little bit, you know, have him, you know, relaxing in a mansion somewhere. Have him just do a, a little vignette where it's like, I don't have to be there. I'm not going to indulge you peasants by being at Monday Night Raw. I have my contract right here, and I'll be there when I'm good and ready. Period. I mean, you could just, and you could have done it with Dolph, too, just kind of a couple vignettes, just just almost putting it out there that my my strategy is, you know, to rest and wait until my time, which would would just make a lot more sense in the context of it being real. Uh, well, as far as the pay per view goes, Tony, what else do you think of the rest of the pay per view? I thought I thought for the most part it was uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, like I said, the other Money in the Bank ladder match was good too. I wasn't expecting uh, Randy Orton to win though. I got to say, you know, I mean, you called it, but. Uh, um, I do think that Orton has gotten better as you know, like you know in, in the last you know like few years or so. I actually do uh, enjoy, you know enjoy watching uh, his matches now because it was uh, I mean he had a match last night with uh, what's his name there with uh, Fandango and the match was the match was actually pretty freaking good. Uh, but uh, you know like I said um, I like yeah you know like, I did like him coming out and saying you know it's like you know it's like you know it's the whole viper you know the viper and when I cash it in you won't see, you won't know when it's coming or whatever I um I do think he's you know like he, he he's definitely I think he's better as a heel but you know so just because of his uh, I guess just because of the kind of character he is but I I um you know I guess if, I don't know if he's going to cash in on. Cena or, or whatever, but you know, like I said, this uh, you know him being money in the bank is actually, I think, you know, this, this, uh, I'm okay, you know, I'm alright with it. You know, it's, I, it's, it's, uh, you know, like I said, it's, you know, like I said, I didn't expect him to win, you know, mainly, mainly because of the two strikes he's got against them. I thought they're gonna, I thought they're gonna take a chance with Orton, but uh, but they did. You know, even the other thing I noticed, like at the at the end of the match. Uh, before he, he before he unhooked the briefcase, you know he he was looking around to make sure everyone, to make sure that everyone else was down before he before he unhooked it. You know that was like a good you know, like bit of you know it's like okay let me make sure no one's gonna knock me down here and then you know he just put, you know he just unhooked it. Yeah, I um, liked it because it, it kind of gave you know the one thing that and, and and all these you know whenever there's a ladder match or something you know there's always those moments in the match and and it happens and it's wrestling where like someone's climbing the ladder so slowly and you're like, all right, there's no way they're getting up there because there's a spot that's supposed to happen and someone's late. I kind of like that Randy, I mean, he won it at that moment, but he gave realism and, and a context to be looking around. He wasn't just climbing the rungs as slow as possible. He was checking out to make sure 
no one was going to jump him from behind before he reached up to grab the briefcase. And I thought that was kind of that was kind of neat because in his looking around and in that delay, I was starting to think, all right, who's going to jump up and grab him? And then he wound up getting it. So I thought it was it was cool that he kind of gave a an awareness and a realism to why it was taking him so long to unhook the briefcase. So I thought there was a, it was a cool spot. And again, I, you know, with Randy Orton, I, I think, you know, he continues to get better and, you know, you'd be hard pressed, you know, going for to find a guy his size that can do what he can do in the ring. And, uh, you know, I'm a big Randy fan again, you know, maybe limited on the mic, but, uh, that guy can go, uh, Real talented guy. Were there any, you know, great Money in the Bank matches or any other match on the card, uh, Tony, that that struck you as a really entertaining matchup? Um, I actually got to just say, I, I I saw the pre-show match too, and I was just like, my God, this is you know, this is, you know besides the two commercial breaks, yeah, but I, I um, I thought that was re- that was a really um, that was a good way to that was a good way to start the uh, the no pun intended or no pun intended kick off the uh, the show there. You know, I, I you know I. I think this is the, like, the most uh, over that the Usos have been. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how long. I thought, I thought the pre-show match was good. I like the uh, the title matches also. Uh, the Tough Del Rio match. The Tough Del Rio match I thought was a good match. I th- the finish though was like it was like oh man it was you know like AJ just coming in and hitting Dolph with the belt. But then you know like they did the breakup last night. So. Uh, but you know, like I thought it was a good match. The finish was a little flat. Uh, Cena, Mark Henry, I liked. I, you know, I, Mark Henry tapping out, not so much. But the, you, know, um, you know, but I thought he cut a good promo last night too. And even like when the fans chain you tapped out, he was, you know, he pretty much told me, "Yeah, Cena made tap you out too." Yeah, it was awesome. But, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, so yeah, like I said, overall, I thought it was a good, you know good pay per view. You know, I mean the. Uh, you know the two money in the bank and the two title matches and uh, the free show match. I really enjoyed. Yeah, I think you know, you know they finally. Yeah. I mean, they're doing a good job with the pre show, and it definitely you know, to me, it gives you you, you want to see the pre show now. I mean, they're, they're building up that pre show, and that was a real good match, and it's good tag team wrestling, which you know has been lacking for quite some time. So it was good to see. Um, you know, I mean, the finish with Ziggler and Del Rio was you know I get it, but you know it, it's obviously was leading to other things with Dolph Ziggler. And, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of like what we're seeing now. You know, there there have been times, you know, wrestling, you know, to me, when you look back on wrestling, part of the, the staple of wrestling history is that definitive heel turn when one person turns on the other. And, uh, you know, over the years, I feel like you know, wrestling kind of got away from that whole, like, real, like, just, like, you know, right there, a turn. And we, we had quite a number of turns leading into, you know, Going forward into SummerSlam, like that, that to me were kind of, you know, reminiscent of, of old school heel turns. When you look at, uh, you know, Sandow turning on Cody, what AJ and, and Big E did to Ziggler, uh, Heyman turning on Punk. Uh, these are all things that are, you know, to me kind of reminiscent of the old days where where guys would just turn on other guys, and it just happened like, you know, in the blink of an eye, and, and everyone was shocked that, oh my God, what is he thinking? What is he doing? And uh, so I, I kind of dug all of those. I thought they were really neat. Uh, before we let you go, Tony, we're going to discuss a little bit further. But when you, you know, you've been watching wrestling for a while and, and in talking about these heel turns and what we've seen over the past uh, you know, couple of days of just d- definitive kind of heel turns, um, do you have a favorite going back as, as a fan, your favorite uh, turn uh, in wrestling? Oh, man, I don't know. There have been uh... 
I wasn't, you know, like I said, I wasn't watching, but probably when Andre turned the heel on Hogan you know, before, Russell, before WrestleMania 3 was probably one of the best ones. That's a big one. And, you know, it's funny because that, that might be, uh, you know, some may say, especially, uh, you know, people my age uh, who are wrestling fans, and some may peg that as uh, perhaps the biggest heel turn ever. A good call on that one, though. That was a, a big yeah. one. And, you know, I think for most wrestling fans, when you look back on, you know, growing up, and we talked a little bit about WrestleMania earlier in the show. Um, WrestleMania three to, to me, and I know to a lot of people, that was the WrestleMania that really definitively, you know, made wrestling WrestleMania an annual event. Like that sold it. That that etched it in stone that every year there's going to be a WrestleMania. And uh, Hogan Andre is the uh, the cornerstone of that event. The the lead in, uh, the storyline leading up to WrestleMania. And then that main event is just really solidified uh, WrestleMania going forward. So good call on that being uh, your favorite heel turn. Tony is our blogger, and he is the best blogger in the business. You want to check out thekenreadyshow.com, see him blog on Raw, SmackDown, and Impact. So check us out. Check it out on thekenreadyshow.com. Tony, thanks for the call. We'll talk to you Sunday. You're welcome. <laughs> Take it easy, man. It's a and getting, you know, getting to that and, uh, you know, talking about heel turns, I mean, Tony brings up a really big one. Um, but it is kind of cool, Dave, seeing these, like, real kind of definitive turn-on-a-dime heel turns that I feel like we haven't seen in quite some time. And, and when it comes to, you know, I guess everything in wrestling comes in ebb and flows. But, you know, a lot of people, if you're a long-standing fan, you know, some of the most memorable moments you have are those those turns. Those those heel turns and uh, I, I really enjoyed what we saw the last two days. I mean, it was a lot at one time, but uh, you know, it was cool to see uh, some heel turns. What were your some of your favorites growing up? Um, I mean, I, I I didn't see Hogan turning, you know, bad and forming the NWO, and that's probably got to be the biggest heel turn in the history of wrestling, in my opinion, hands down. Um, you know, and every time I watch it, it's, you know, the, the, the clip, you know, the promo at the end, or, you know, it, it's it's so cool to watch. Um, you know, between that, um, you know, we mentioned, you know, on, on our pre-show, you know, talk about the, the Michaels and Janetti in the barbershop. I thought that was great. Um, but one that really gets overshadowed was the double turn at WrestleMania 13. Is really People really talk about that for, you know, in terms of Steve Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, how he went from, you know, being a WWF wrestler to a WWF superstar. And, of course, when you think of that, you think of that image where he's locked in a sharpshooter and he tries to give up and the blood's pouring down his face and goes through the crack of his teeth. And But what gets overlooked, I think, is, you know, two, it took two people to do that. And Bret Hart was the other guy in that match. And granted, he didn't full-blown turn bad guy that night but the following night, he lets you know about it that he, you know, that that he had changed his ways um, by, you know, attacking the Rock, um, you know, when he was Rocky Maivia. Um, he had beaten up Shawn Michaels. He told America, the United States of America, to kiss his ass, which basically is a, a large portion of the WWF's audience and WWE's audience currently. Um, you know, so he was he was the number one bad guy, and you know he took a he took a he brought a different spin 
to being a heel. I mean, we've talked about it on this past show before how one of the coolest angles in wrestling was the Hart Foundation led by Bret Hart against, you know, other American wrestlers like Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels. And that if they were in America, they were hated. But if they went to Canada or any other country in the world, they were loved. And I thought that was I thought that was so cool and something that gets overlooked a lot because you think of WrestleMania 13, you think of that moment where Steve Austin became a good guy and was virtually a good guy for the rest of his uh, rest of his career. Even though his characteristics weren't of a good guy, the audience was behind him 100%. Um, but Bret Hart really is the one that you know deserves a lot of credit for that too because it took two people to do that. You know, it took the audience into hating Bret Hart for them to cheer Steve Austin. Yeah, it was kind of, I mean, that's a really good call because people do forget about Hart's turn and they just look at, you know, the birth of Austin 316 and uh, that was a great heel turn. One of my favorites growing up was honestly uh, when Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff turned on Hogan and, uh, you know, that was a tremendous turn. Didn't see it coming, which was great. And And, you know, when I watched that turn again, you know, and he was he was he was Hogan and uh, Mr. Wonderful, and they were teaming up against Stud and Bundy, and you know, Orndorff unleashes a vicious clothesline, and then invites uh, Bundy and Stud back into the ring to kind of finish off Hogan. Um, it's interesting, and I, I would love to, you know, if I if I'm ever fortunate enough to have Hulk Hogan on the show and, and interview him, I would love to ask if he looked back on that moment when he was planning his turn and starting the NWO. And you're probably right, Dave. I mean, as far as turns go, uh, you know, you got Andre's turn on Hogan, but Hogan turning and forming the NWO, uh, it, it'd be hard to argue a, a bigger heel turn in the history of wrestling. Um, but that heel turn, that moment, the way, you know, he went after Savage and the way Orndorff went after Hogan, uh, the way Orndorff invited Stud and Bundy back into the ring, the way uh, Hogan looked at Hall and Nash and, and showed that he was allied with them. There was just there are certain similarities with the way the heel turn was structured and the look of it and the behavior. And I just kind of I, I would love to ask Hogan if he called on on that event and uh, took maybe a page out of Orndorff's handbook uh, when he came up with his turn for the NWO. But uh, yeah, definitely you know that was a a cool turn. I love the uh, Michaels turn and. Again, we're seeing some, you know, you got Heyman and Punk that were best friends, best friends. And now Heyman, you know, turns on, on CM Punk. You know, that's just like the stuff that, like, wrestling is made of. You love the, the drama behind those real big definitive heel turns. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. What do you think? What do you think about Money in the Bank? What do you think about all these heel turns abounding? Do you have a favorite heel turn in the history of pro wrestling. We want to hear what you think. But right now, we have Chris Shady Lamberton on the line. He's going to be wrestling in Chicopee, Mass. at Cruel Summer 3. And lots of interesting stuff going on. And we're going to let him talk about it. We got him on the line. Shady, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Um now you got Cruel Summer 3 coming up on August 3rd. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the match you got going on and, and the stipulation involved? Well, the match itself, like even the card, I mean, just here in Cruel Summer 3, I mean, we're three years into the business now, and, you know, if anyone follows NEFW, the things they've thrown at me, and now I'm in a retirement match with Jim Natsik, who's been in the business, and honestly, 
You know, he's one of the first guys I ever trained with, and not a lot of people know that. So the fact that I'm facing a guy with my career on the line that actually trained me in this business is one of the most interesting aspects of this match. So, I mean, how do you feel about that? Like putting, I mean, you know, a lot of wrestlers we've had on this show, you know, it's it's in their blood. Uh, it's. I mean, how do you feel about having your career on the line on, on, at, on August 3rd? You know, honestly, I haven't really been able to voice how I feel. You know, it's kind of upsetting because anyone that's followed the NAFW, you know, they saw how I started off. I started off as just an extra official, and then I got into the mix. You know, I faced everyone I could. I've worked with Spike Dudley. You know, I've had all these people in line with us. And now, all of a sudden, last show we had, I was supposed to be gone. You know, the stipulation was if I lose my title, I'm done with NAFW. <clears throat> And now it's like I get this shot again because I got all this support. You know, I got a lot of people helping me out, being there for me, wanting me to be back. So, you know, NAFW, Eric Newton, and all them turn around. They give me a shot, but you know, the stipulations are thrown at me. They're they're giving me everything. You know, it's it's a really hard situation. You know, I'm trying to be there for all the people that support me, and now I got gymnastic. You know, he's not he's not some flash in the pan. He's not a joke. This is a tough guy. You know, I'm not a big guy myself, you know, I got a lot of heart, and now it's, you know, what they're throwing at me, it's not really something I'm looking forward to. You know, I'm going to do my best, but, you know, I got a little worries on my own. Is there anything special you're doing to, to prepare uh, for this? Uh, Two-part question, are you doing anything to prepare for this? And going forward after the match, I mean, do you have contingency plans if you happen to lose? I do have, you know, there's a couple things. I have plans in case I lose. I don't plan on losing, you know. I mean, it's definitely something I'm working on. What I did do to prepare for this match, being that we're less than a month away, you know, I've been working with a lot of the new students, you know, a lot of the new blood that nobody's really seen on NAFW. They've actually been working with me. You know, there's been some posts on Facebook, the guys that are helping me train. So I'm looking for some new steps because the past few shows I haven't really done a lot. You know, I've fought my best, but I need something fresh. So I got some people helping me train, but just in case the unforeseen happens where I don't get out of this match with my career intact, I have contacted a few other people so I can at least go somewhere else. You know, my heart's been ending up W. I've been there since day one before the company was even created. So, you know, I you know, I'm gonna do my best and hopefully come out of this match with my career intact. You know, Gymnastic is a really good friend of mine, but when it comes to wrestling, he's no joke. He's already told me, he's made a painfully obvious, you know, he's not going to take it easy on I me. Mean, he's coming in there to try to save his career. You know, I'm coming in there trying to pursue my career forward. So, you know, hopefully, you know, we both get out of there alive, and in all honesty, I love gymnastic, but I'm going to be the one that comes out of there on top. If you, you know, if if gymnastic is, is listening right now and he's out there and, and you could say anything uh, to him, what would you say to him? You know, the one thing I would say to him is that you know, I respect the hell out of him. I love the guy. He was one of the first guys I've ever trained with, like I said. But when it comes down to careers, you know, to me, I'm just starting. You know, I'm not even halfway through my career. He's been around for a long time. He's accomplished a lot. It's time for some young blood. It's time for somebody else to take over. And, you know, I don't quit. I don't give up. When I'm in the ring with him, no matter how much weight he's got against me, no matter how much bigger he is than me, you know, I'll look him in the face and tell him, hey, I respect the hell out of you, but at the end of this match, I'm walking out with my career intact, and he's going to have to go home to his wife and kids, and I'm going to continue forward. Very cool, very cool. Looks like a really good event. You know, 
uh, any NFW, it seems like they they continue to grow. Um, what do fans have to look forward to? Uh, you know, aside from you and your uh, career on the line match, uh, what else do they have to look forward to uh, this year? Cruel Summer Three. Well, they they have a lot to look forward to. You know, ever since even Cruel Summer One, our fan base has grown. You know, we have a lot of fans that really respect our product. Um, they got Chris Masters coming. A lot of people are looking forward to seeing him. We got uh, Johnny Gargano, one of the big names that a lot of people enjoy his matches. You know, not even him. We got so many people. Chris Envy is one person not many people would expect me to respect. But, you know, seeing him out there, Fenris Fortune, we got Lineage. Uh, we got got a lot of things to look forward to. We got the NAFW title, the Dirt Dog, Jeremy Leary. You know, he proved himself, and, you know, this is going to be a big show for him. This is his chance to prove himself. He's going to defend this title for the first time. We went through a lot of changes with the title. You know, we got that. We got some tag matches going on. We have a lot of good things going on in this show. Well, it looks like it's going to be a tremendous show. You have uh, top to bottom. Seems like you got a lot of talent. Uh, you know, we'd like to wish you good luck. Hope you you come through and and continue your career. Uh, before we let you go, can you let fans that are listening who will be in the Chicopee Mass area, or if you feel like traveling up, you know, it's summertime. Get on the road, travel up to Chicopee to see some great wrestling. How can fans get tickets? Uh, fans, they can get tickets either if they don't have Facebook, but if they do, they can go on Facebook, go to the official NAFW site on Facebook. Uh, if they're not a fan already, they can just go on there and search NAFW Pro Wrestling. Um, if they don't have a Facebook, they can go to NAFWProWrestling.com, order tickets there. If not, they could also speak directly to the Chickabee Boys and Girls Club, where the show will be held. Um, they could always find out on Google, go to Chickabee Boys and Girls Club, uh, they can get tickets there. If they do have the Facebook, aside from the NAFW site, they could directly contact Eric Newton on Facebook, and they could speak with him or myself. I could also get them tickets myself. Very cool. Thanks a lot for the call and giving us a little bit. And, again, good luck to you. We'd love to hear from you in the future, uh, see how this turns out uh, after the match. Thanks a lot for the call. All right. Thank you, too. Thank you for having me, man. Take it easy. You, too. And and there you have it, guys. Uh, Chris Shady Lamberton uh, giving us a, a few minutes there. Uh, you know, interesting stuff. You know, it's it's got to be tough. You you putting your career on the line. Uh, you know, you walk out of there with a loss. Uh, you know, you got to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and uh, try something else. So uh, you can hear it in his voice that uh, he's definitely focused. But uh, you know, I think he's you know he's dreading at least the potential of his career ending. So. Uh, Wish them the best of luck, August 3rd, Chicopee, Mass, N-E-F-W, Cruel Summer 3. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We got a bit of breaking news. It uh, was on Twitter, and now it's officially on ImpactWrestling.com. Uh, Tara has been released. Uh, the statement on ImpactWrestling.com, Impact Wrestling has released Tara. We thank Tara for all her contributions and wish her the best of success in the future. So, very interesting. One of the mainstays in the knockouts. Uh, always liked what she brought to the table. Thought uh, good in the ring. Uh, always pulled off a good character. Um, Tara is gone from Impact Wrestling, Dave. I think that's a dumb move, quite frankly. Not saying that the rest of those girls on that roster aren't talented, but having someone like her with the experience that she has and the you know the in ring knowledge that she has, it would it would be a benefit to 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 TNA 
for keeping her around, even if it's not in a performance role, but to help train some of these girls who aren't as experienced as some. Um, I think it's a dumb move, but at the same time, I think it's also them trying to, you know, cut costs. They've been making, you know, several releases in the past few weeks and even over the past month or so. So, um, you know, I don't know if it was a mutual thing or, you know, she said, you know, I want out or they just dropped the bomb on her and said they were letting her go. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see her back, uh, you know, in the Divas division in the WWE, um, maybe even putting over girls like AJ and Caitlin, who are the future of the WWE Divas division. They're the, they're the present, but also the future as well. Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, again, you, you, you talk about creatively and looking at what Tara brings to the table. It's something that uh, she brings a lot to the table, but, you know, is this purely a, a cost-cutting maneuver? And uh, it does, again, you know, raise concerns of where exactly uh, TNA and Impact Wrestling is, is going. I mean, someone as talented as her, and, you know, she's she's good-looking, she can, she can work, she can talk. Um, you know, you, again, that whole thing we talked about writing, and you know, you, you can't find a place for her, but maybe that's not it. You know, as we're talking, uh, you know, how can you release some of that sort of talent? Maybe it's just, hey, we can we can get that salary off the books. And, uh, you know, you, you got to wonder uh, what's going on with this company and where it's going. But again, you know, we, we did a show a couple of weeks ago where, uh, you know, the bulk of the two hours, we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, things not looking good for TNA. And uh, this is definitely something that, uh, you know, doesn't look good for them. And, you know, like you said, putting over the young town or whatever, you know, she's still good enough. And she, she can still – it wouldn't surprise me if we see her back in the WWE in, in some capacity. And, and whether it's – whether she comes back as a performer or if she's purely backstage and helping out – with the younger divas and then maybe, maybe even the performance center, you know, that opened in Florida, someone like, like Tara being a part of that and helping uh, some of the, the young women coming into the business uh, with their characters and move set. Um, you know, I think she could be an asset to the performance center, but uh, it, it's interesting, you know, that the news continues to come out of TNA and it's, it's not good. So, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll see her somewhere along the line. I doubt that's the last time we're going to see Tara on TV. But, uh, you know, if she's listening, good luck to you because I've always been a fan. I've always thought she was incredibly talented. So, um, you know, it's interesting here's to see. Get, here's what gets me about that. They get rid of her. And like I said, I don't know the details. But the, but her boyfriend on TV, uh, Jesse something, Mr. Pectacular, they keep him. Like, he's awful. Like, he's not a great wrestler. He's not a great talker. The only thing he's got for him is a good look, like a good body. Other than that, he's terrible. Like, I don't – I used to hate watching him. I'd fast-forward my DVR. Even if he was wrestling Samoa Joe, I'd want to see Joe kill him, but I don't want to see this guy on my TV. I'd fast-forward it. If they got rid of her, they damn sure better get rid of him because he does nothing for me, and he doesn't do anything for the audience. I don't see any any qualities that he could bring to, to, to that television show whatsoever. What, no, I agree with you. And it's again, do you do you look? Are they just looking at things that like you know was is Mister Pectacular just cheaper? And he's staying on the books for now, and you know she's gone. I mean, it it does make you wonder, uh, you know, what's going on with with that company. I mean, 
you know, I remember a few years back where they had a main event, uh, uh, Tara versus Mickey James in, in the steel cage, which uh, it was a great matchup. I mean, you know, she's one of those female, like she's a female main eventer, uh, you know, a very talented woman. And, uh, you know, you got to wonder what's going on over there and, and where, you know, I, they, there are moments like when you see the writing on the wall like this, it's like you wish you had a time machine and I would love to just be able to fast forward five years just to see uh, where this company winds up. Because right now, at, in this moment, summer of 2013, man, things do not look good for uh, a TNA. And that's another very talented individual that uh, is gone from that roster. So it'd be, I'm curious to see where uh, she'll pop up uh, going forward. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We we kind of divert a little bit. We uh, talked to Shady uh, about his upcoming match at NEFW's Cruel Summer 3. Check that out. Go to the NEFW website if you want tickets. Um, we're talking a little bit about our uh, favorite heel turns because it uh, looks like wrestling is kind of getting back to, uh, you know, that kind of definitive, you know, old school heel turn, which is, is fun and entertaining to watch. We had a, a bunch of them. Uh, we had on Money in the Bank, and uh, Money in the Bank, definitely a really solid, solid, if not great, very solid pay-per-view. We talked a bit about the two Money in the Bank matches. Uh, We're both happy and content with the the people who won those matches. Um, I was happy that Daniel Bryan did not win because everyone was expecting it. Um, But let's talk a little bit about the WWE title match. And uh, interesting match to talk about because... You know, when we were given our predictions, we both kind of were uh, heart. We want to see Mark Henry with a run, but uh, picking with our head and our brains, we, we kind of thought John Cena was going to win. John Cena did win, and I just think what they're trying to do, and, and we've kind of touched on it a, a little bit, you know, they're they're beginning to. I, I sincerely believe, and I'm not saying that we're not going to see him in the main event at WrestleMania 30. It's 30. He's been a big part of the company. But I do think the writing's on the wall that they're beginning to phase out John Cena. And this may be John Cena's last run with the WWE title. Um, And they're looking, to me now, with him beating Mark Henry and beating him the way he did, uh, they're looking to make this at least a very strong run for him. So now he's won the title from The Rock. He was able to vanquish the foe in Ryback, and then he gets the world's strongest man to tap out. So, you know, if the motivation creatively is to make this a a very strong run for Cena, I get it. And it's going to be the stronger they make this run, the more dramatic it's going to be when he drops it. So as much as I kind of wanted to see Mark Henry with a run with the WWE title. Um, if that's where they're going, I get it. I get this being a strong run for John Cena, and I do think the writing's on the wall that uh, you know they're beginning to phase him out as the the number one definitive guy in the company. Your thoughts on this matchup, Dave? Uh, well, as I said, I had fallen asleep Sunday night watching this match and woke up at the start of the main event, which was the All-Stars Money in the Bank ladder match. But after watching it yesterday... Um, it was a good match. I was excited, a lot of exciting near falls and, you know, a few false finishes and, you know, a few things happened. But I was more surprised 
I wasn't surprised John Cena won. I mean, that's that's not a surprise pretty much to anybody these days, and that's probably the biggest gripe amongst most wrestling fans uh, out there, at least on the Internet. But what I was more surprised about was I was expecting a more overwhelming positive reaction from Mark Henry. And then towards the end of that match, the Philadelphia crowd was actually a good portion of it was in favor of Cena. And when he won, there was, there was a, you heard some boos in there, but you heard a lot more cheers than you did boos. It was almost like Cena had to work his ass off in that match to earn their respect. And I was kind of happy that that happened because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a John Cena defender. I like watching him. He's not one of my favorite wrestlers, but he sends a good message to kids in wrestling, and he's you know been the face of that company, and he has worked his tail off for them since he's been in, on on top for the last you know ten years, and he's gotten a bad rap amongst most wrestling fans, and and, and especially in like hostile cities, of course, like Chicago, but you know even places like Philadelphia, and I was kind of happy that you know. When the bell rang and he raised the title, you heard some boos, but there were a lot of people standing up, clapping and cheering. It was almost like, okay, we respect you. Like, and and maybe even, you know, it's 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 interesting that you mentioned that, you know, that this could be them fa- slowly phasing him out, and this could be his last run as the title. Maybe this was the audience's way of saying, okay, you know, we know that you're near the end, and you worked your ass off. We gotta show you respect. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um. Overall, the match was good. I would like to see Mark Henry win, don't get me wrong. But um, I think they got bigger plans for John Cena. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we, you, like you said, phasing out. But we talked about WrestleMania 30. We've mentioned it a lot in tonight's show. What if we see John Cena pass the torch to somebody who's going to be the next face of the company or who's going to be a, a top guy um, at that WrestleMania? Or we could even see it next month at SummerSlam with his match with Daniel Bryan. Well, yeah, and that that's kind of like kind of my point with you know making this title run look strong and and everything surrounding now the WWE title and you know now we know Daniel Bryan has got his match at SummerSlam. I mean, it was interesting that John Cena picked him. I, I mean, if I was John Cena, I just would have picked the Brooklyn Brawler. He was right there, almost almost essentially get a night off for SummerSlam. I mean, why not? He was standing right there, um, hometown favorite. But he goes and picks Daniel Bryan. I think there's a lot of permutations that can go into this. Um, but I think John Cena has had a strong run. So if Daniel Bryan goes over at SummerSlam, um, you know, it would be huge for Daniel Bryan. Uh, and I, I hope that, like, there, there'd be some continued respect for John Cena if he drops the title at SummerSlam to Daniel Bryan. Um, one thing I thought of is do we see something where – you know, uh, Randy Orton cashes in sometime between now and SummerSlam, which, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan is, but I have my SummerSlam match, but John Cena is, but I got my rematch clause. And so it turns into a triple threat. And, you know, if there are any two guys that, that their faces, their images uh, really are just completely connected with this latest era in, in wrestling, the last 10 years in the WWE, it's Orton and John Cena. You know, if you have a guy like Daniel Bryan beat those two guys in a SummerSlam main event to win the WWE title, uh, that would be huge uh, for him. That would be a huge moment that would really put him over. I mean, you know, I mean, he's so over right now. But if it, And I'm usually not the biggest fan of a triple threat match. But if they went in that direction and Daniel Bryan beats John Cena and Randy Orton, uh, I mean, the, 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 universe, the wrestling universe would just blow up, Dave. 
he's a, he'd be a made guy. And, you know, and, and I, I remember, you know, after you mentioned this a few months ago when, you know, we talked about, um, you know, the rise of Daniel Bryan this year. And it even kind of started last year, but it's really kicked into high gear this year. Um, you know, I'd mentioned that, you know, he was so over, especially going to a Monday Night Raw, you know, locally here in Hartford. And I, I thought he was a made guy then because it was everything was about him. Like, you know, I went to the merchandise stand to get a Dolph Ziggler T-shirt, and I can't tell you how many foam finger, yes, Daniel Bryan merchandise that kids were buying, and even, you know, young adults. And I thought he was a made guy then. But, you know, if he were to defeat the two of them, two guys who basically, you know, came in like John Cena and Randy Orton came in together and defined this era, if you want to call it the PG era or, or whatever the case is, but defined this era and he went over on both of them and became the WWE champion, essentially that's two people passing the torch to one guy. And Daniel Bryan being the next big name in the WWE. I mean, I'm just afraid more than anything. You know, he is so hot right now. He sells so much merchandise. Everybody is into him. That yes chant is just, it, 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 the people go ape shit. Excuse my language, but they go ape for it. I'm just afraid because of his look and his size that it's not, the WWE will push him only so far. They won't push him over the top. They won't turn him into a, they won't put him up there in John Cena mega superstar status. And I think he's so over he can be in that mega superstar status. I think he can break the mold and go on talk shows and, and, and do radio interviews with that beard and just his look. You know what I mean? Wrestling has always been about people want to see something different. Well, this is different. He's a technical wrestling master. You know, from from what his character is, and he's he's got an authentic, original, weird look about him, and the people love it. Normally in wrestling, it's about muscles, big bodybuilder type, the all-American boy, you know, with the pretty face, like John Cena, even Randy Orton to a certain extent. Daniel Bryan's the polar opposite of that, and it's it's over as the all-American boy look, big muscle-bound look that Vince has promoted for years, not just with John Cena, but with other guys, too. So I'm just afraid that it won't that he will only get so far. And they're even they're even talk, they're even bringing it up in, in, in some ways in in the storyline with Daniel Bryan when it comes to the power struggle amongst the McMahon family. I mean, Vince doesn't really care for him and doesn't like his look. And Triple H and Stephanie are all about it. They think he's you know great and he's exciting to watch and it's something different and new and fresh. You know, I think that, that they're going to expose that a little bit in this upcoming match at SummerSlam between John Cena and Daniel Bryan, as well as their relationship with the Bella Twins and this new reality show, The Total Divas, on E. But um, he's, in the, he's in the limelight. He's easily the most popular wrestler on the roster. Granted, you know, John Cena's number one in terms of, you know, everything else. Uh, but Daniel Bryan is easily the most popular guy in the WWE, in all of wrestling, in my opinion. In all of wrestling. There's nobody I mean, hotter than right now. Yeah, the thing you wonder about, uh, Daniel Bryan, and we touched on it on Sunday, is, you know, to me, like, sometimes in all walks, sometimes fans don't know what they want. You know, and, and they, they beg for something, but, you know, sometimes the chase becomes more exciting than, you know, the the destination. And, you know, I would be, like, right now, you know, just the, the manic energy that Daniel Bryan brings to the table, this this aggression, this uh this drive to, to prove, you know, that he's 
He's not the the weak link, you know, just to just to prove that he can be with the big boys and he can he can go with anyone. Like that's what's making this character so incredible. That that's what's making this character really someone to get behind. And and the small stature works for that character. That you know that just that small guy that wants to prove that he he can go with anyone. That he's not afraid to get in the ring with anyone. I would just be concerned that when and if he wins that title, where the storylines go after that. Because now the hunger's not there. The chase isn't there anymore. He is the big dog. How does that unfold over time? Does does his character kind of lose a bit uh, once he wins? Because the, the chase right now is so engaging creatively, uh, you just would wonder to see what his run would be like as champion, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. We're getting close to the end of this program. We got Mike on the line, so let's bring him up. Mike, how you doing tonight? Hey guys, good. Not bad. Just listening to all your um, all your points about good wrestling. Uh, you guys are talking about money in the bank, and um, you're talking about how old Daniel Bryan is. One of the things WWE um, liked to do, especially in the past, was make guys with muscles champion, like Yokozuna. <laughs> there you go, Ken. There's your laugh. Thank you. There's muscle. Uh, there was muscle. There. God rest you know, his soul. Oh yeah, Yokozuna. May he rest in peace. Uh, and you touched on it before. You were at WrestleMania 10, um, and uh, you know, and uh, his match with Luger. I mean, he made he he made Luger look like a million bucks. <laughs> he I was. I mean, my... good. He was not. He was skilled for a guy his size. No, he wasn't, and uh, he dropped the leg drop. He did the belly-to-belly. Um, he was very agile, and uh, God rest his soul again. Um, but getting but getting to talk about current wrestling, to all the John Cena, Cena haters out there, they 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 know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They, they talk a good talk. They talk about how John Cena only has five moves. Well, you know what? Name me a wrestler today that doesn't do the same moves over and over. So we've seen every, I agree. That, you know. that that criticism always kills me because it's like the same people who who say that like you know pop when CM Punk runs into the corner and and hits someone with a high knee. I mean it just it it gets silly. I mean that's that's wrestling. Like that that's part of it. Like you you get the crowd to pop for the move set that you do every match. It's just like that everyone has it. Everyone has that thing that they do each and every match, it it becomes kind of a a, a silly criticism. It's just like it's just. Rob hate. Van Dam does it. Rob Van Dam does the same stuff. Um, Jericho does the same stuff. They all do the same stuff, basically. Um, you know, and and it's and it's one of those uh, one of those things. I, I I just can't put my finger on it. Um, going into SummerSlam now, we're going to have probably Biggie Biggie Langston versus Dolph Ziggler. I would imagine. What do you guys think about that match? Um, I, I think it could be very good. I'm, I'm curious to see like what we'll we'll get out of Biggie Langston in, in a real like legit uh, top profile kind of uh, program uh, with Ziggler. Um, again, getting back to talking about turns. I, I mean, I loved the turn last night on on Monday Night Raw. Um, you know, and, and the way Ziggler can sell things. I mean, it looked like Biggie just uh, knocked him into the middle of next week. So I'm yeah, curious. Like I, I think it's going to be good, and I think it's a good way 
Oh, Ziggler's going to be world champion at some point, um, but he's again, you know, a guy that I think we we got to get behind him and get get back to like uh, him chasing it, and this kind of pulls him out of the title picture for a little bit. He can get I this issue squared away. So I like it. What say? Yeah, I think they shortchanged him. I think his time with world champion should have been longer. I would agree with that, but we we can't change that now, you know. So I think you know I I, I wouldn't give it back to him too soon. I mean, it is what it is. So I kind of like the idea of pulling him away from the title for a little bit, have this program with Big E, and then down the road a piece, get back into the title picture for either the World Championship or the WWE Championship. But I'm looking forward to seeing what these two two guys do together. What do you think, Dave? I, I, I am looking forward to the match. Big E is one of those guys, I think he's going to be the new breed of power big wrestlers. He's short and stocky, but he he's very agile for a guy his size. Um uh, He's he's a little bit smaller than Ryback, but he's much quicker. Um, and, you know, two agile guys in a match, and, of course, Big E's got power, and Ziggler's got agility, and he sells really well, and, you know, he can, he, he's very quick and can move around. I think it's going to be for an, a very exciting match. And the buildup that's been with this turn now and the relationship that they've had in the past, and there's a history behind it, and they can tell a good story with it, I think it makes for a very good – for a solid – a very good storyline and of course you know a, a pretty good match uh, I just hope that you know if they are going this route that it's Ziggler's still fresh in the main event scene so you don't want to take away a whole lot from him but at the same time Big E is still fresh in the WWE scene overall so it's kind of difficult as to how they can handle who's going to go over at least in my opinion but I think at the end of the day it, it, this feud would be in Dolph Ziggler's favor to get some form of revenge I think I, I agree with both of your points. Um, I think it's great. I think it's great house um, show material as well, and uh, you know, and as well as SummerSlam material. That would be a great match, and uh, I would look forward to seeing uh, that match. Definitely. Yeah, you bring up a good point. I mean, the whole idea of like what they can do in, in house shows with these guys, and and AJ thrown into the mix is definitely going to make for. Uh some entertaining television and well, again, getting kind of program. I, I agree. And AJ, and AJ being the scorned woman, you know, she's going to get her cheap shots on Dolph Ziggler. You know, you know, you know that she's going to get involved in the match. I mean, last night on Monday Night Raw, that was a great championship match. And that was a great distraction. When uh, the bell rang, everybody was like, Oh my God, what the heck happened? And then, then the referee looked at AJ, and then and then all of a sudden Alberto Del Rio gives uh, Dolph the kick, and that was history. That was all she wrote. And then she went, she went like sensational Jerry. May she rest in peace. She went, she did like a sensational Jerry job when Jerry was kicking the Macho Man after the after the uh, WrestleMania Seven match. That's a great analogy, Mike. You know, I didn't even think of that. I've always thought of her as like Lita with an edge. But now she's got. Now I think about it. She's like, a, if Lita and Sensational Sherry had children, AJ would be it. Like, <laughs> like seriously, I love, like, I love AJ, it. That's, that's a Sherry, Sherry was nuts. Sherry was nuts. She was a good-looking woman, and, and perfect. That was perfect. I didn't even think of that. Sherry, like that. Sherry did. Sherry did everything that a manager. She listen. She went above and beyond for her men. She was with Ted DiBiase. She went above and beyond for him. She was with Macho, same thing. She was with Rick Flair in WCW. She climbed the cage. I mean, she went in with her, her 
her uh, with almost no clothes on that that retirement match that Hogan and Flair had at Howling Havoc one one time. She just she was a great manager. Uh, Harlem Heat, just just a tremendous uh, manager, and that's and AJ's and AJ's an up and comer. She knows what she's doing. She knows what she wants, um, and and that's it. I mean, listen, she got dumped by by Ziggler. I think it was the right move. You know, I I think it was the storyline makes sense. And she cost him the shot. That she cost him the championship. Move on. And my next point is Punk versus Lesnar. It's going to be a great match. Um, I, I I don't know if Punk's going to win. I don't see it. I see Brock Lesnar destroying Punk. If this was real life, yeah, I mean, that's the way it would go down. It, it should be uh, interesting to see how this match uh, plays itself out, how they, uh, you know, how the program runs itself. But, uh, yeah, definitely another another cool heel turn this weekend, uh, Heyman turning. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that should be a very exciting matchup. I'm looking forward to seeing what these two guys can do working with each other. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great match. It's uh, SummerSlam looks like it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be set. You know, if the world wrestling, I mean, if if the world wrestling entertainment is listening, make this. This is why SummerSlam is is one of your top four. Make it sizzle for the summer, and let let the fan, you know let the fans see some great wrestling action because I'm I'm looking forward to SummerSlam already, and if we're not even up to it, I'm looking forward to it. But guys, thank you for my time, and I will speak to you if I'm not working Sunday night. Hopefully, I'll give you a call. If not, I'll speak to you on Tuesday. Thanks for giving us a call, Mike. Good stuff as Thank always. You and and you know, Mike, it's it's interesting. Mike brought up, you know, I never thought of that, and you just said it, but like great analogy with uh, sensational Sherry, and uh, it's cool. You just said, uh, you know, AJ is a student of the game, and she's uh, gone back and and studied uh, some of the greats, and uh, she's channeling some of them. It's really cool to see someone who uh, really studied their crap. So, uh, great points by Mike. Uh, good show tonight, Dave. Yeah, great show. I love how we can, you know, talk about the present but tie in the past and the similarities and differences between the two and, of course, the knowledge from, you know, our fans, our listeners like Mike and like Tony. And, you know, I think it's just great. It makes for a perfect recipe for the best in pro wrestling talk. Yeah, it's cool because it winds up becoming like a very ensemble show. I mean, you and I are hosting it, but, uh, you know, the the fans that call in definitely add a lot to the, the whole show. Thank you so much to uh, Chris Shady Lamberton for giving us a call. Check out NEFW Cruel Summer 3. We'll be wrestling in a retirement match. You want to check that out. Um, you know, we got this summer shaping up to be a, a great summer of, of pro wrestling. Uh, the WWE right now, um, they're clicking. They're, they're really clicking. You know, young talent, uh, established talent. Things are, are looking really up for this. They, they seem to have... At least gotten better with the three-hour Raw. Solid money in the bank. Looks like it's going to be a very entertaining summer. So for the next couple of weeks, we're talking wrestling. We'll have some great stuff to talk about. Thanks for tuning in. For Dave, I am Ken. See you all Sunday. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.